Father, we're just so thankful. We're, we're thankful that we, are, we serve an incredible God, Father. You're just so full of power and might. Just looking here at what's happening in our church body over the last six months, it's just easy to see, Father, that you are still on the throne, Father, and things, you make things for all good to happen to us. Father, we just welcome the Holy Spirit into this place this morning. We just pray, Father, for knowledge, but more than knowledge, Father, we pray for understanding. We just pray, Father, that you'll use John Paul this morning as a vessel and that you'll pour out your word and your message through him. We just thank you, Father, again for all that you do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Woo, that was awesome. It's always like going home for me with Jerry. It, it, uh, in the very beginning, in, in the year 2000, I was in the shower, probably the last time, <laughs> maybe not, but I was in the shower and God spoke to me and he, and he, and he shared with me it was time for me to start ministering to my people. And then in the process of all that, he also shared with me that Jerry was supposed to help me. And so in the beginning, we would go to, we would go to cuttings and horse shows and cow dog trials and rodeos, wherever that we could be, western stuff, and they weren't having church, we would have church. And Jerry would, he'd get up four o'clock in the morning, feed his cows, drive two, two and a half, three hours to where I was to play worship to four or five people. And that's, that's so it, it's, I just love it any time that I get a chance to be with him because it takes me back home. And I always tell this story anytime I'm in a new crowd because after God shared that with me, as soon as I got close to him, I drove to his house, which was a good ways from mine, and I sat down there at his kitchen table, him and Nancy and myself, and I told him what God had shared with me, and he responded in the most cowboy of ways. He said, John Paul, you're crazier than hell. <laughs> and here we both are today and it's it's just been an amazing incredible journey and you know I I want to make a couple of things clear this morning as 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 we get started and one of them Jerry said the most amazing thing and that it just during and it was no accident during the worship he he said we're not called to go to church we're called to be the church and that's what we're doing this morning and we're, and, and there's, there's new faces here and there's faces that used to be here that are back here. Listen, we're not going back 2,000 hills. We're going forward 2,000 hills. This is a new season, a new time. There, this, this had a legitimate vision. God gave this vision to a man and he, and it was beautiful and it was wonderful. And this was birthed out of it. And we're going forward from there on that wonderful platform into uncharted waters, into the amazing. But God will give us the vision as we go. And he's, I have no doubt that we're going to be changed through the process. And I have no doubt that as he fills this place up, he's going to give us our own building. And it's going to be full and lives in this community and around the world are going to be changed because of what he's doing through us and because of us. It's, it's going to go out through the far corners of the earth from right here, the seeds he's planting in us. Amen. And so I, I'm just honored to be here bef- before you. 
and I'm humbled, and I don't deserve it. I'm just as sorry as anybody here. You know, I make mistakes every day. I'm a sinner saved by grace. It's grace that allows me to be here. And it's grace that allows you to be here. And God's got, God's got a mission. He's got a whole mission field for each and every one of you. And I just, Russell, he just shared with me this morning how he's stepping into his. He went to the hospital this last week and prayed over a friend of his. And it was awesome. He got to share truth with his friend. And not only was it life for his friend, but it was life for you too, wasn't it? It's exciting. And that's where we're going so the last few weeks, we've, we've really explored our mission statement and what, what the gospel was. And I really fully intended to dive into that further. But as the week's gone on and, and starting last week when we were all in, in Caldwell, Texas, there was this seed planted in me. And then throughout the week, God reaffirmed it several times. And so this morning, I want to share some verses with you. And I want to share how it plays out. And, it, and it's, we, we're going to the fourth chapter of Mark. We're going to the fourth chapter of Mark. And it's, we've all heard this parable. But it really struck me as we the body and what my job is. And my job isn't to do everything. My job is to see to it that we're headed in a direction that that as the seeds are planted, and we're the seed, okay? And as the seeds are planted, that the soil is healthy enough soil with enough nutrients that we grow to have 30, 60, and even 100-fold, each and every one of us, harvest from the one seed that we are. And so that, yes, that's where we're, that's where we're headed. <clears throat> and that's the only way it works. Otherwise... This is just for a little while, and, it's, and it's, it's fun, but it's not real powerful. If, they, if we start having that harvest, and then we do such good teaching that those seeds that we bring up, their harvest is 30, 60, and 100-fold. It goes on forever and ever, and it, in, it impacts the entire world. <clears throat> and I thought about this as an illustration I thought about my little three-year-old that I've talked about before, my three-year-old horse, and I love that little horse. He's four now. He turned four the first of the year like they do. And I've enjoyed every part of him, and he's really impacted my life in a positive way. And he was a good seed. And I took that seed, and I put that seed in good soil. I rode him every day. I, my, my motto was, if I missed a day... I'd know it. If I missed two days, everybody'd know it. And so I worked at him that way. So I had a good seed, and I put him in good soil, but I was short a couple of nutrients, and the harvest wasn't as full as I expected it to be. I missed a couple of steps along the way. There was the steps that I missed in his case was is one thing is it was a brand I was training him to be a cow horse and it was a brand new world for me and so there was a learning curve and so he and I were learning at the same time as I was going along and so he'd have I'd have to catch up and then he'd have to catch up to where I was and then I'd have to catch up to where he was and but the other thing that I part of 
part of the nutrients that was missing is that the facilities that I had didn't allow me to train him in every way that I needed to. I had him on a cow real good. I had my dry work real good. But what I didn't have is my fence work on a cow. When them cattle would take a long run down the fence, he would cow too much. And I didn't have a place with good ground and a, and a big arena that I could consistently work him with, with that tool to where that we could run down there and he would know when that cow separated from him to close that gap rather than cowing off of it. And that one little thing that I missed kept his harvest from being a hundredfold and his harvest was about tenfold. And is, there, is his story over? No, I can't go back to having him be a three-year-old any more than we can go back 2,000 hills. But I can go forward into his four-year-old year and do a better job than I did. I can fill that gap. And so we're going to find those gaps as 1,000 Hills Ranch Church, and we're, we're going to have that harvest because we're going to do all we can to have good soil with the right nutrients to have the kind of harvest that we're talking about. So let's read, shall we? Let's go to Mark, fourth chapter. Find the right place with light here. Right in the beginning. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got into a boat. I love that. You know, this is what's fixing to happen here. I, it remind me, every time I read this little part, pretty quick, this is going to be full enough. We're going to have to get in the boat out here so that we can minister to y'all. So he got into the boat. Then he, sat, then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed, and as he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on the footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell, in, fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among the thorns and grew up and choked out tender choked out the tender plants so that they produced no grain still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they sprouted and they grew and they produced a crop that was 30 60 and even 100 times as much as it been planted then if we skip down here to verse 19 then jesus said to them if you can't understand the meaning of this parable how can you understand all the other parables? In other words, he's telling us this is, a, this is an important thing to get. If we don't get this, we're going to miss a lot of other stuff. This is one of those important training tools right here that if we don't get this, the harvest is not going to be 30, 60, or 100-fold. It's going to be 10, a little bit like my really good horse that didn't win as much as he should have because I missed a couple steps. So we need to understand this thing. Then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how can you understand all the others? And then he goes on to explain it. The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message 
only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents, the, represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy, but they don't have deep roots. They don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things, so no, foot, no fruit is produced. I got to thinking about this verse right here, and we're going to go forward, but it's really amazing to me how even when we have good soil with good nutrients and things are lined up right, the evil one will come along and he'll plant weeds in our soil. We got distractions. We, we know we're here hearing the truth this morning. We know that we have a calling. We know that we have a purpose. We know that the purpose is advancing the kingdom. And we get this wonderful platform of the personality that God give us and Thousand Hills Ranch Church to do that from. And yet there's going to be distractions and there's going to be there's going to be confusion and there's going to be things coming at us and all of a sudden we're having to sort it out what we're supposed to do along the way. And I thought, isn't that interesting? So we got good soil with good nutrients and the evil one comes and plants distractions and other things in that good soil. So I had Chris specifically pray that we would not just have knowledge this morning, but we would be birthed into understanding that deep down in us that we would start to understand and so that we would have the wisdom to know that when those things are coming along, we can have the discernment and the focus and the backbone and the faith to get back to what's important. What really matters in this life, it's advancement of the kingdom. There's all of this other stuff going on. And it seems like it's really important. And at the end of the day, nobody ever said, man, I wish I'd have worked about 10 more days in my lifetime. If I could have just made another 100,000, nobody's going to say that. If I could have roped 20 more head of cattle, my life would be complete. I don't think so. This friend of mine, I was there on his deathbed Good man, really good man. Dog trainer, Jerry and I both knew him. Roger, Roger Edwards, his name, and he impacted my life in a lot of ways. He had congestive heart failure. He was dying. It was really, there was some of it kind of funny. They had him down to ice chips there in the final days, and he wanted water. He was thirsty, and they was afraid to let him have it, so they'd bring him ice chips, and they, he would be like, look, who's dying here, me or you? Give me some water. <laughs> Crack me up. He was clear-headed. But he said something that he said it's something that really impacted me. He said, "You know, I always meant to get into the Bible, and here I am at the final stages of my life, and I don't know it very good, and I don't have the confidence. I know him, and I love him, and I know I have a relationship with him." But because I didn't do the things that I was supposed to do, I don't have as much confidence in that relationship as I would like to. Isn't that crazy? Of all the things that he could have regretted, 
his regret was is that he didn't spend time with his father seeking him out through the holy word that really touched me he said one other thing that i think impacts us today too and and he pulled his daughters into this room he's giving them their final message this is what i want you to know and his oldest daughter when he she come in here he said honey you're really talented and you can really do things in your life he said but you've always had a tendency to drop your elbow he said keep your arm up and i thought that is exactly right in our life we have got to work at keeping our we got to there ain't an ease up spot in this life if we're looking for the recliner it ain't going to happen we have a harvest it don't matter where you are in your life, young, old, or in between. It doesn't matter how much life you've lived up to this point in time. It don't matter the mistakes you've made. God has a purpose for you, and you're going to have to work really hard at it, so keep your arm up. It is true. Let's go forward just a little bit more, and then I'm going to share something with you, and we're close. Verse 19 again, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for things so that no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and, ex and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as has been planted. We have a great mission before us. So I got to thinking about it. It's really easy to talk about we got to be in good soil. We got to have the right nutrients. And I started thinking about what those were. What are the right nutrients? And I come, we got we to have the Holy Spirit in this place. We have to. We got to be in prayer. We have to. We have to. That authentic relationship in our mission statement it is incredibly important. The fellowship, we cannot go forward without being a family. We're just not going to do it. If we get together once a week for an hour, it is not going to be near enough, and we're not going to, we're not going to produce hundredfold ministry. We're just not going to do it. But if we're together several times a week, that, what Jerry was talking about, the most, one of the most powerful times of my life was that prayer time that turned into five days a week for two years and there would be somewhere between three and 12 men get together in this little grungy scale house and we would dissect the word of god and it was it was powerful it was life-changing and we because we were so changed those around us were changed and it was it for me it was seminary it, it was amazing time had it been different, I would have learned a lot less, and you'd be learning a lot less today. So, because this is so important, and the nutrients of our soil are so important, I called three friends of mine yesterday that I trust, they're, and they're all of my category. They're godly men, and they're cowboys. And the reason the cowboy part is because when they talk, I can understand it. So we understand, when we share back and forth, and I reflect back to them, they also understand me. And so as they returned their calls to me, 
I just shot to him, and I wanted right now what the Spirit speaks to you. What is the good soil? What is the nutrients in the good soil? And as it came, it came like this. My first one was Justin McKee. Some of you have heard of him. Great guy. One day we'll have him here. Powerful, powerful speaker. But Justin, he's like, oh, man, this is welling up in my spirit right now. And he says, I'm going to tell you the acid to the good soil. He said, we can have the greatest soil out there, but if we don't get past this truth, it's going to get sterile and stagnant. He said, the acid to the good soil is condemnation. He said, what we don't understand in our churches today in the body is that grace is enough. Our God did all he needed to do to rescue us from sin. We are covered in the blood. We are free of who we have been. And grace is sufficient. He says if we don't get that. And we don't preach that every single Sunday. He said the grace is the gospel. Which really struck me. And then he went on to say. Which is the barrier to the advancement. Which is the barrier to the harvest. And I thought doesn't that match up with our mission statement. He said the condemnation comes in two ways. One, we're judging other people, but the worst of it is as we're judging ourselves. We believe that what we've done disqualifies us to go forward. And it's a lie from the devil himself. There's no disqualification under the blood. If that were not true, I would not be able to stand before you right now. If that weren't true, Mark would not be able to get up before you and grab the mic. It ain't by merit. It's by his blood that we can be here. The second call that I got back was from my good friend Bunk Skelton in Clarendon, Texas. And he's like, oh, man. He said, you've got to understand a couple of things. And one of them is, is that we got to have knowledge. We've got to have, have knowledge of who he is and how he works and, and what his word says. And I've shared this before, that if we, don't, if we don't get into this here, if we don't understand this on some level, we will never be able to become the, the man or woman that he has called us to be. We've got to know him on this level. We just have to. So we got to have knowledge. But he said, then he said the thing to me that really struck with me. He said, knowledge ain't enough. We have to have understanding. And there is a huge difference between knowledge and understanding. And I'm like, well, isn't that the truth? Already Justin just explained that to me. That we, th- we can say grace is enough and turn right around and say, but oh, Lord, look at what I've done. Look at who I used to be. And we don't understand that that's done. That's over. And if there's anybody in here this morning that has never accepted him, that if you've never received him as your Lord and Savior, if you've never stepped in under that covering of blood of what he's done for you, you are missing out. And I want to invite you this very day to be free of the baggage, the bondage of who you used to be. It's available to you, and I plead with you, don't leave here without getting that fixed. Any one of us would be glad to go through that with you. The third thing that come was my good friend Randy Fisher that was going to speak here, and I'm sure he will in the future also. I'm sure all three of those guys sooner or later will be through here. Randy 
tied it all together for me. And he go, matched up with exactly what Jerry said. I'm sure it's just lucky. <laughs> he said, John Paul, he said, what is this is saying to me that if we show up and we keep going to church, it ain't never going to work. But if we show up and we be the church, and I'm like, isn't that crazy that we can't do that until we are birthed into understanding. If we just show up in knowledge, we're going to church. But when we show up in understanding, we are the church. We start doing the things like Russell testified to me this morning, and it is exciting when we step out into that realm. We, by, by Mark's own testimony, the most exciting time he has ever had in his life in the Lord has been the last year last six months specifically because he's been called out to do things for him and it's put him in a whole brand new spot and it'll be the same for you he went from knowledge to understanding didn't even know you were missing understanding did you did you didn't even know that was missing part i didn't either but when you start putting feet to it he's like wow and then in closing then I woke up this morning to a text from my brother Bunk. And he said this. He said, we can have the best soil. And we can have the finest nutrients in it. And we can work really hard at it. But if we don't water it, it's still going to have a hard time growing into a huge crop. So I'm like, so what's the water? And I'm reading, and then he's gotten parentheses in this text he sends me, and it's a text. <laughs> yeah. It's prayer. None of it's going to work if we don't bathe this thing in prayer, if we don't hold it up, if we don't, if we don't mediate between where we are on earth and plead our case to him and ask him to stand between us and who we used to be, it ain't going to work. We can have great soil, do all the right stuff, but still we're going to be lacking if we're not covered in prayer because we are human. It's crazy. Anybody that I ever counsel, there's that place that they get to when they're trying to overcome whatever they're trying to overcome, and there's that spot that they cannot get there on their own, and that's how it works. We as a body, we are not going to get to that hundredfold on our own. We have got to plead with our Lord. Father, we need your covering. We need you to hold us up. You need, we need you to show us crazy clear when those are weeds growing up alongside of us so we can tell the difference between weeds and good plants. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for your presence here today. I thank you for being real. I thank you for changing us. I thank you for calling us forward to you, not back to you, but forward to you. Because we have a future and it's amazing. We have a past too and we just need to remember it so we don't repeat the same mistakes. But our future is what's incredible. And I thank you for that. Father, I pray that you would show us how to, in fact, have great soil how to work the soil properly how to put our back into it how to use the gifts that we have to bring more nutrients to the soil and father i pray that you would supernaturally bring us from knowledge to understanding 
And Father, I pray that as we do that, that we would be diligent in prayer to you. That we would know, we would know that we have got to keep our right arm up in prayer for all the rest of this to work. And Father, I also pray that if there's anybody here that has never received you, that right now they are come on their knees spiritually before you saying, Father, I've had enough. I want you. I want the life of freedom. I want to be part of your family. And I want to start right now. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.